In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many, flowing to the many from the cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we now have entered into that walk with him, ashes placed on our forehead, resolutions made. And now we follow him in the temptations. For immediately before the temptations, he is baptized. He receives, as it were, his positive preparation for what lies ahead. That baptism and the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. And then the Spirit drives him to the desert where he receives, as it were, his negative preparation for what must come and be tempted by the devil. For the first man was tempted and fell, and so the new man must strive and obey. And through this, we have those three elemental temptations to all of humanity. Number one, do whatever is necessary, even upend nature for material comfort, make stones bread. Number two, demand extraordinary things. Be dissatisfied with the ordinary in obedience and demand the extraordinary. And then number three, call God, not God, so that you can have respect and power in the world. Material comfort, signs, wonders, emotional upliftments, and power and respect in the world. So as he conquers the first and refuses to upend nature to console himself, we come to the second temptation. And as I mentioned, I will do meditations out of this book called Life of Christ by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I wish to read to you directly what Archbishop Sheen puts on the lips of Satan. This is his meditation on what Satan means by this temptation to throw himself down from the pinnacle of the temple. Quote, Satan was here saying, why take the long and tedious way to win mankind through the shedding of blood and the mounting of a cross, through being despised and rejected. And you can take the shortcut by performing a prodigy. You have already affirmed your trust in God very well. If you really trust God, I dare you to do something heroic. Prove your faith not by struggling up Calvary in obedience to God's will, but by flinging yourself down. You will never win people to yourself by sublime truths from steeples and pinnacles and crucifixes. The masses cannot follow you. They are too far below. Clothe yourself with wonder instead. Throw yourself down from the pinnacle. Then stop just before you hit bottom. That is something they can appreciate. It is the spectacular that people want not the divine. People are always bored. Relieve the monotony of their lives. Stimulate their jaded spirits, but leave their guilty consciences alone. The second temptation was to forget the cross and replace it with an effortless display of power that would make it easy for everyone to believe in him. Having heard our blessed Lord Jesus quote scripture, the devil now quoted it too. The Savior had said in answer to his first temptation, 
that God could give him bread if he asked for it, but he would not ask for it if it meant a surrendering of his divine mission. Satan retorted that if our Lord really trusted so much in the Father, he should prove it by doing a daring deed, giving the Father an opportunity to protect him. In the desert, there was no one to see him perform a miracle by making bread from stones. But in the great city, there would be plenty of spectators. If one were to be the Messiah, the people would have to be one. And what could win them more quickly than a display of wonders? The truth that would answer this temptation was that faith in God must never contradict reason. The unreasonable venture never has the assurance of divine protection. Satan wanted to make God the Father do something for our Lord that our Lord refused to do for himself, namely, to make him an object of special care, exempt from obedience to natural laws, which were already the laws of God. But our blessed Lord, who came to show us the Father, knew that the Father was not just a mechanical, impersonal providence which would protect anyone, even someone who surrendered a divinely ordained mission, for the sake of winning the mob. The answer of our Lord to the second temptation was, it is written, you shall not put the Lord thy God to the test. And so it is righteous in the obedience of the one, that piercing sentence of Archbishop Sheen that he puts on the lips of Satan. They want the spectacular, not the divine. They're bored. Give them wonders and awes, but do not prick their consciousness of sin. Become rather Superman the awesome, miraculous, dreadful power in the sky. To steal a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien, when you do this, if Christ were to give in to this temptation, and when we give in to it, we become that infinite power, and all will love and despair. For he would become the thing none can imitate, none can walk after, and you would still be stuck in your sin, left only to grovel in obeisance before this mighty God-man who subverts all nature. He becomes remote and distant. But rather the Savior is the righteous obedience and grants the gift not for himself but for all and fulfills the promise that says, When I am lifted up from the earth, I shall draw all to myself. And now every single soul need not sit there in this groveling obeisance and begging for what he can do, but in love of adoration of what he did on the Holy Cross, and not simply cry out to some sugar daddy in the sky for what may be, but with adoration and love receive of what he is on the altar and the rail, and commune body and blood sacrificed and raised, and meditate on the teachings of sublime truth and when that demon that arises that says, entertain me. What was that dreadful song that made Nirvana so famous? Here we are now. Entertain us. The groveling masses 
For if Christ gave into this temptation, then after a while it would not be enough for him to fly down from the pinnacle of the tabernacle. We would say, I must do it too. Where is my flight? Where is my immortality? And his only response could be to us, kneel. But rather it is love, adore, sing, pray, bless, don't curse, forgive, don't revenge, give, and it will be given. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. Blessed are you when they speak ill of you. And if we fail in this, the most dreadful temptation shall arrive to call not God, God, so that we may dominate the kingdoms of the earth. So let us worship in spirit and truth, be firm in our resolutions for Lent, be more still that we might hear the voice of the Lord, resisting all temptations to impress and dominate and rule but rather to be still and sing and bring peace and love. For how much more gracious is our Heavenly Father and the gracious gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, salvation on the cross, adoration in the Eucharist, power in Holy Communion, and peace in meditation and love of our God and our neighbor the great gift won by our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.